And welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on Jacob chapter 5, the allegory of Zenus from Abraham to Gog and Magog. Starting in verse 1. Behold, my brethren, do you not remember to have read the words of the prophet Zenus, which he spake unto the house of Israel, saying, Hearken, O ye house of Israel, and hear the words of me, Zenus, a prophet of the Lord. For behold, thus saith the Lord, I will liken thee, O house of Israel, unto a tame olive tree, which a man took and nourished in his vineyard, and it grew and waxed old and began to decay. So it's the house of Israel that is likened unto the tame olive tree. Now, regarding the house of Israel, the beginning of the house of Israel actually predates Jacob and his 12 sons. And it has its origins in the covenant that God established with Abraham. You know, Abraham, you know, lived about 2000 BC. And, you know, this is shortly after the, the flood and after God had destroyed the world because of their rebellion against him, after gathering out those who would, who would enter into and keep covenant with them, and they joined the city of Enoch. The world's population again rebelled against God, and we had the Tower of Babel. And so God selects a line through whom he would send his covenant people. And that covenant line was chosen to go through Abraham. And the birthright would go from Abraham and then Isaac and then to Jacob. So when we're talking about the house of Israel in the parable of the olive tree, what we're talking about, what we're talking about is the covenant that God made with Abraham. As a cross-reference, let's go to 1 Nephi 17. Verses 36 through 40. Behold, the Lord hath created the earth, that it should be inhabited. And he hath created his children, that they should possess it. And he raiseth up a righteous nation, and destroyeth the nations of the wicked. And he leadeth away the righteous into precious lands. And the wicked he destroyeth and curseth the land unto them for their sakes. He ruleth high in the heavens, for it is his throne, and his earth is his footstool. And he loveth those who will have him to be their God. Behold, he loved our fathers, and he covenanted with them. Yea, even Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob. And he remembered the covenants which he made, wherefore he did bring them out of the land of Egypt. And in Jacob 6, 1. And now behold, my brother, as I said unto you that I would prophesy, behold, this is my prophecy, that the things which this prophet Zenos spake concerning the house of Israel, in which he likened them unto a tame olive tree, must surely come to pass. And the day that he shall set his hand again the second time to recover his people is the day, yea, even the last time, that the servants of the Lord shall go forth in his power to nourish and prune his vineyard, and after that the end soon come. And verse 4 in Jacob 5. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard went forth and saw that his olive trees began to decay. And he said, I will prune it and dig about it and nourish it. And perhaps it may shoot forth young and tender branches and perish not. Now, as we read in Jacob 6.1, Moses was sent to reclaim Israel. And, you know, the Exodus began about 1491 BC. And, you know, from Exodus, you know, we have Joshua at about 14, you know, 29. Then we have a period called the Judges, which go from Othniel to Samuel. Samuel comes along about 1120 to 1011 BC. Then we have Saul. Um, his kingship started in about 1095. Then David, about 1053 to 1015. After David, we have his son Solomon, 1015 to 975. And up until this time, you know, Israel has been a united kingdom. But starting with Rehoboam, the king of the southern, the king of Israel at the time, about 953 to 932 B.C., we have a division arising between Ephraim and the ten tribes and Judah and Benjamin, the southern tribes. And, you know, Ephraim and the ten tribes, you know, hail Jeroboam as their king, and they split from the southern kingdom, and they physically move from them and establish the northern kingdom, Israel, and then we have the southern kingdom, Judah. And we have Elijah, 
coming to prophesy to the people and to the calling to repentance from about 900 to 849 BC. Elisha after him, about 851 BC. Hosea, about 790. Amos, about 792. And then we have the ministry of Isaiah, you know, about 740 to 700 BC. And in 722, we have the end of the southern kingdom with the invasion of the Assyrians and the taking over of the northern kingdom and their both destruction and carrying them off into the northern kingdoms by Assyria. We have Jeremiah's ministry, 626 to 586. And it's approximately 587 that we have the destruction of the southern kingdom of, you know, Jerusalem being the headquarters. We have Ezekiel's ministry in 593 to 571. Daniel's ministry, you know, in Babylon, 605 to 536. In 606, we have Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon, who defeated defeated Egypt in the Battle of Carchemish, which gave Babylon control of Syria and Judea. And that's the time when Daniel was carried away into Babylon. And then finally, you know, Jerusalem is completely captured in 587. And, you know, Cyrus is the one who decrees the return of, of the Jews to the southern kingdom and Jerusalem in 537. And, you know, all of this would be included in this period of time where the, the tame olive tree was nourished to try to bring back the tame olive tree to health. So again, verse 4 in Jacob chapter 5. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard went forth and saw that his olive tree began to decay. And he said, I will prune it and dig about it and nourish it, that perhaps it may shoot forth young and tender branches, and it perish not. And it came to pass that he pruned it, and he digged it, and he nourished it according to his word. Or in other words, he sent Moses and Isaiah and Amos and Hosea and Elisha and Elijah, you know, to minister unto Israel. And in the beginning, we also have King David who united the kingdoms. And let's cross-reference DNC 84. Regarding this nourishing of the tame olive tree. Verse 23. And now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. 
what was Israel's response to this nourishing? But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins and the law of carnal commandments, which the Lord in his wrath caused to continue with the house of Aaron among the children of Israel until John, whom God raised up being filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And first Nephi. Chapter one. Verses four through five. For it came to pass that in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem all in all his days, and in that same year there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city of Jerusalem must be destroyed. Now, chief among these prophets was Jeremiah. And so, all the way from the Moses and the Exodus of the children of Israel in about 1491 BC, down to this period of time, which is about 600 BC, the Lord has been nourishing the tame olive tree, and in large part, Israel has been rejecting the nourishing that the Lord has provided. Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart in behalf of his people. The ministry of Jeremiah and Lehi um, are examples of the Lord nourishing the tame olive tree, crying repentance that they might escape the destruction which is coming. Verse 13, And he read, saying, Woe unto Jerusalem, for I have seen thine abominations. Yea, in many things did my father read concerning Jerusalem, that it should be destroyed. And the inhabitants thereof, many should perish by the sword, many should be carried away captive into Babylon. And verse 18, Therefore I would that ye should know that after the Lord has shown so many marvelous things unto my father, Lehi, yea, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, behold, he went forth among the people and began to prophesy and to declare unto them concerning the things which he had both heard and seen. And First Nephi 17, Verses 23 through 29. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, spake unto them, saying, Do ye believe that our fathers who were the children of Israel would have been led away out of the hands of the Egyptians if they had not hearkened unto the words of the Lord? Yea, do ye not suppose that they would have been led out of bondage if the Lord had not commanded Moses that he should lead them out of bondage? 
Now ye know that the children of Israel were in bondage, and ye know that they were laden with tasks, and with which were grievous to be borne. Wherefore ye know that it must needs be a good thing for them, that they should be brought out of bondage. Now ye know that Moses was commanded of the Lord to do that great work. And ye know that by his word the waters of the Red Sea were divided hither and thither, and they passed through on dry ground. But ye know that the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea, who were the armies of Pharaoh. And ye also know that they were fed with manna in the wilderness. Yea, and ye also know that Moses by his word, according to the power of God, which was in him, smote the rock, and there came forth water that the children of Israel might quench their thirst. And notwithstanding, they being led, the Lord their God, their Redeemer, going before them, leading them by day and giving light unto them by night, and doing all things for them which were expedient for man to receive, they hardened their hearts and blinded their minds and reviled against Moses and against the true and living God. And it came to pass that according to his word, he did destroy them. And according to his word, he did lead them. And according to his word, he did do all things for them, that there was not anything done, save it were by his word. And after they had crossed the river Jordan, he did make them mighty unto the driving out of the children of the land, yea, unto the scattering them to destruction. And now do ye suppose that the children of this land who were in the land of promise, who were driven out by our fathers, do ye suppose that they were righteous? Behold, I say unto you, nay. Do you suppose that our fathers would have been more choice than they if they had been righteous? I say unto you, nay. Behold, the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one. He that is righteous is favored of God. But behold, this people had rejected every word of God, and they were ripe in iniquity. And the fullness of the wrath of God was upon them, and the Lord did curse the land against them. And bless it unto our fathers, and did curse it against them unto their destruction. And he did bless it unto our fathers unto their obtaining power over it. Behold, the Lord hath created the earth, and it should be inhabited. And he hath created his children that they should possess it. And he raiseth up a righteous nation and destroyeth the nations of the wicked. And he leadeth away the righteous into precious lands, and the wicked he destroyeth and curseth the land unto them for their sakes. He ruleth high in the heavens, for it is his throne, and this earth is his footstool. And he loveth those who will love him, or will to have him be their God. Behold, he loved our fathers, and he covenanted with them, yea, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he remembered the covenants which he made, wherefore he did bring them out of the land of Egypt. And he did straighten them in the wilderness with his rod, for they hardened their hearts even as ye have. And the Lord straightened them because of their iniquity. He sent fiery flying serpents among them. After they were bitten, he prepared a way that they might be healed. 
And the labor which they had to perform was to look, and because of the simpleness of the way or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. And they did harden their hearts from time to time, and they did revile against Moses and also against God. Nevertheless, ye know that they were led forth by his matchless power into the land of promise. And now after all these things, the time has come that they have become wicked, yea, nearly unto rightness. And I know not but that they are at this day about to be destroyed. For I know that the day must surely come that they must be destroyed, save a few only who shall be led away into captivity. Wherefore the Lord commanded my father that he should depart into the wilderness, and the Jews also sought to take away his life. Yea, and ye also have sought to take away his life. Wherefore ye are murderers in your hearts, and ye are like unto them. And Second Nephi 25. Verse 20. And now, my brethren, I have spoken plainly that ye cannot err. And as the Lord God liveth that brought Israel up out of the land of Egypt and gave unto Moses power that he should heal the nations after they had been bitten by the poisonous serpents, if they would cast their eyes unto the serpent which he did raise up before them. And also gave him power that he should smite the rock, and that water should come forth. And behold, I say unto you that all these things are true. And as the Lord God liveth, there is none other name given under heaven. Save it be this Jesus Christ, which I have spoken, whereby man can be saved. And verse 6 in Jacob 5. And it came to pass that after many days it began to put forth somewhat little young and tender branches. But behold, the main top thereof began to perish. Let's cross-reference 2 Kings 21. Verse 9. But they hearkened not, and Manasseh seduced them to do no more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. You know, Manasseh at the time is the king of the southern kingdom. And First Nephi one, verses nineteen and twenty. And it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them. 
for he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations. And he testified that the things which he saw and heard and also the things which he read in the book manifest plainly of the coming of a Messiah and also the redemption of the world. And when the Jews heard these things, they were angry with him, yea, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain. And they also sought his life, that they might take it away. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. In chapter 2, verse 1. For behold, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto my father, yea, even in a dream. And he said unto him, Blessed art thou, Lehi, because of the things which thou hast done, and because thou hast been faithful and declared unto this people the things which I commanded thee. Behold, they seek to take away thy life. And verse 13. Neither did they believe, meaning Laman and Lemuel, that Jerusalem, that great city, could be destroyed according to the words of the prophets. And they were like unto the Jews who were at Jerusalem, who sought to take away the life of my father. And again in First Nephi 17, Verse 43, and now after all these things, the time has come that they have become wicked, yea, nearly unto rightness. And I know not, but they are at this day about to be destroyed. For I know that the day must surely come that they must be destroyed, save a few only who shall be led away into captivity. Wherefore, the Lord commanded my father that he should depart into the wilderness and the Jews also sought to take away his life. Yea, and ye also have sought to take away his life. Wherefore, ye are murderers in your hearts, and ye are like unto them. Jacob 5, verse 7. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard saw it, and he said unto his servant... It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore, go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree and bring them hither unto me, and we will pluck off the main branches, which are beginning to wither away. And we will cast them into the fire that they may be burned. Now, at this time, there were those of Israel who qualified for destruction. There were those of Israel who qualified for deliverance from destruction only, but qualified for bondage. And then we had a third group, the group fewest in numbers, who qualified both for deliverance from destruction and from bondage. The withering top branches that were plucked and burned were those who qualified for destruction and were destroyed. 
Now, the Assyrian conquest of the northern kingdom during a series of wars between 734 and 720 BC, foreigners were brought in to the northern kingdom. And those of the northern kingdom were carried away. But a few remained. And in large, those people of the northern kingdom who remain mingled with the foreigners who were brought in. And, you know, these are those that, you know, the Jews during Christ's day would call the Samaritans. And there were a very few, you know, who had maintained their, uh, the purity of their lineage. Now, the gathering of the wild olive branches, you know, began with this conquering of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians. The northern kingdom, for the most part, being carried away into other lands and other peoples being transplanted into the northern kingdom. Now, the Assyrians also carried away those of the southern kingdom until about 700 B.C. And then Babylon, you know, came on the stage and carried away the southern kingdom in a series of wars between 605 and 586 B.C. So, you know, in verse 7 of Jacob 5, we have the introduction of the servant um, who is counseled to gather the wild olive branches and bring them to the master, and then to pluck the top withering branches that they might be burned. And we see all of these things accomplished in the conquering of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians, them carrying away the inhabitants of the northern kingdom and beginning to gather, gather uh, carry off the inhabitants of the southern kingdom, and finally the destruction and gathering away of the southern kingdom by the Babylonians, which was completed by about 586 B.C. Verse 8 in Jacob 5. And behold, saith the Lord of the vineyard, I take away many of these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will, and it mattereth not that if it so be that the root of this tree will perish, I may preserve the fruit thereof unto myself. Wherefore, I will take these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. These young and tender branches are those groups of people in the northern and southern kingdoms who were carried away unto preservation, who survived the destructions and would be delivered out of bondage. And these would include groups like Lehi and his family. Um, one of the sons of King Zedekiah, Mulek, who was the Jewish bloodline who was brought over to North America, Lehi being of the bloodline of Joseph's brother Manasseh. And so when we have the joining of the Nephites into Zarahemla, we have the joining of the two bloodlines 
of Joseph and Judah by the uniting of Manasseh and Judah. Let's cross-reference 1 Nephi 10, 13. Wherefore, he said it must needs be that we should be led with one accord into the land of promise, unto the fulfilling of the word of the Lord, that we should be scattered upon all the face of the earth. And 2 Nephi 25. Verses 9 and 10. And as one generation hath been destroyed among the Jews because of iniquity, even so have they been destroyed from generation to generation, according to their iniquities. And never hath any of them been destroyed, save it were foretold them by the prophets of the Lord. Wherefore, it hath been told them concerning the destruction which had come upon them. Immediately after my father left Jerusalem, nevertheless they hardened their hearts, and according to my prophecy, they have been destroyed, save it be those which were carried away captive into Babylon. And so, reading again verse 7 in Jacob 5. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard saw it, and he said unto his servant, it grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore, go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree and bring them hither unto me, and we will pluck off the main branches which are beginning to wither away, and we will cast them into the fire, that they may be burned. And behold, saith the Lord of the vineyard, I take away many of these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will, and it mattereth not, that if it so be that the root of this tree will perish, that I may preserve the fruit thereof unto myself. Wherefore, I will take these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. Take thou the branches of the wild olive tree, and graft them in the stead thereof, and these which I have plucked off I will cast into the fire and burn them, that they may not cumber the ground of my vineyard. Now, we don't know all of the groups who were led away who survived the destructions and were delivered from bondage. But in addition to Lehi and Mulek, we also know that, you know, at this time that Lehi was in Jerusalem, when the prophet Jeremiah was calling the people to repentance, that they might avoid destruction, that not only Lehi listened, but there were a portion of the priests of the temple of King Solomon, who also listened. And these are called the Rechabite priests. And a portion of the Rechabite priests fled to the outlying cave areas, and we know them as the Essenes. And they had to separate themselves far enough that they would not be killed by the Deuteronomists who had corrupted the Hebrew religion into the Jewish religion. And they were threatening to kill everyone who would not submit to their tyranny. And part of these Rechabite priests went with the prophet Jeremiah, with two of the daughters of King Zedekiah, 
and they sailed up north and they finally settled in the Ireland, Scotland, and, you know, Western England regions. And in these areas, um, the pure Jewish bloodline was preserved um, because it would become watered down with the Babylonian captivity and carrying away of those Jews who were not killed um, between 605 and 586 B.C. Now, verse 9 again in Jacob 5. Take thou the branches of the wild olive tree and graft them in. In the stead thereof, and these which I have plucked off, I cast into the fire and burn them, that they may not cumber the ground of my vineyard. Cross-reference 1 Nephi 10. Verses 2 through 3. For behold, it came to pass that after my father had made an end of speaking the words of his dream, and also of exhorting them to all diligence, he spake unto them concerning the Jews. And after they should be destroyed, even that great city Jerusalem, and many be carried away into captivity into Babylon, according to the own due time of the Lord, they should return again. Yea, even be brought back out of captivity. And after they should be brought back out of captivity, they should possess again the land of their inheritance. And it was King Cyrus, you know, in Babylon, who finally granted, you know, the Jews a return to their homeland and to rebuild their temple. Verse 10 in Jacob 5. And it came to pass that the servant of the Lord of the vineyard did according to the word of the Lord of the vineyard and grafted in the branches of the wild olive tree. And the Lord of the vineyard caused that it should be digged about and pruned and nourished, saying unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree, wherefore that perhaps I might preserve the roots thereof that they perish not that I might preserve them unto myself. I have done this thing. Wherefore, go thy way, watch the tree, and nourish it according to my words. And these will I place in the nethermost parts of my vineyard. Whithersoever I will, it mattereth not unto thee. And I do it that I may preserve unto myself the natural branches of the tree, and also that I may lay up fruit thereof against the season unto myself, for it grieveth me that I should lose this tree and the fruit thereof. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard went his way and hid the natural branches of the tame olive tree in the nethermost parts of his vineyard. Some in the one, some in another, according to his will and pleasure. So this would include the lost ten tribes, Lehi, Mulek, um, Jeremiah, two of the daughters of King Zedekiah, the Rechabite priests, and etc., And verse 15, and it came to pass 
that a long time passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor in the vineyard. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and also the servant went down into the vineyard to labor. It came to pass that his servant said unto his master, Behold, look here, behold the tree. Now, the Lord of the vineyard going down with his servant is the mortal ministry of Christ. So 1 Nephi chapter 10. Verses 3 through 11. That after they should be destroyed, even that great city Jerusalem, and many be carried away into captivity, into Babylon, according to the own due time of the Lord, they should return again. <laughs> this is when Cyrus, you know, who the prophet Isaiah prophesies of... Um, you know, over a hundred years before Cyrus was actually born. That they should return again. And this was in preparation for when Christ would come in the meridian of time during his earthly ministry. They even be brought back out of captivity. And after they should be brought back out of captivity, they should possess again the land of their inheritance. Yea, even 600 years from the time that my father left Jerusalem, a prophet, with the Lord God raised up among the Jews, even a Messiah, or in other words, a Savior of the world. And he also spake unto the concerning the prophets, how great a number had testified of these things concerning this Messiah, of whom he had spoken, or this Redeemer of the world. Wherefore, all mankind were in a lost and in a fallen state, and ever would be, save they should rely on this Redeemer. And he spake also concerning a prophet who should come before the Messiah to prepare the way of the Lord, or John the Baptist. And 1 Nephi 11. starting in verse 7. And behold, this thing shall be given unto thee for a sign, that after thou hast beheld the tree which bore the fruit which thy father hath tasted, thou shalt also behold a man descending out of heaven. And him shall ye witness, and after ye have witnessed him, ye shall bear record that it is the Son of God. And it came to pass that the Spirit said unto me, Look, and I looked and beheld a tree, and it was like unto the tree which my father had seen. And the beauty thereof was far beyond, ye exceeding all the beauty, and the whiteness thereof did exceed the whiteness of the driven snow. And as we have previously discussed, this tree is representation of Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that after I had seen the tree, I said unto the Spirit, I behold, thou hast shown unto me the tree which is precious above all. And he said unto me, What desirest thou? And I said to him to know the interpretation thereof. For I spake 
for I spake unto him as a man speaketh. For I beheld that he was in the form of a man. Yet nevertheless I knew that it was the Spirit of the Lord. And he spake unto me as a man speaketh with another. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and I looked as if to look upon him. And I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the great city Jerusalem, and also other cities, and I beheld the city of Nazareth and the city of Nazareth. And in the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. It came to pass that I saw the heavens opened, and an angel came down and stood before me, and said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, a virgin most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, knowest thou the condescension of God? I said unto him, I know that God loveth his children, nevertheless I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the spirit. And after she had been carried away in the spirit for the space of a time, the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked and beheld the virgin again bearing a child in her arms. And the angel said unto me, Behold the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. Knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? And I said unto him, saying, Yea, it is the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore it is the most desirable above all things. And he spake unto me, saying, Yea, and most joyous to the soul. Speaking of the work that Jesus Christ would do. And because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, all men would be saved from sin and death. From sin, if they would repent and come unto him. And even beyond that, that those who would repent and come unto him, to those he would extend his hand and lift them up that they might come to where he is. And after he had said these words, verse 24, he said unto me, Look, and I looked, and I beheld the Son of God going forth among the children of men. And I saw many fall down at his feet and worship him. And it came to pass that I beheld that the rod of iron which my father had seen was the word of God which led to the fountain of living waters or to the tree of life. So the fountain of living waters is the same as the tree of life for Jesus Christ which waters a representation of the love of God. And I also beheld that the tree of life was a representation of the love of God. And the angel said unto me again, look and behold the condescension of God. This time the condescension of God, the son. And the angel said unto me, and I looked and beheld the redeemer of the world of whom my father had spoken. And I also beheld the prophet who should prepare the way before him. And the Lamb of God went forth and was baptized of him. And after he was baptized, I beheld the heavens open. And the Holy Ghost came down out of heaven and abide upon him in the form of a dove. And I beheld that he went forth ministering unto the people in power and great glory. And the multitude, and the multitudes were gathered together to hear him and beheld that they cast him out from among them. And I also beheld the 12 others following him. And it came to pass that they were carried away in the spirit from before my face, and I saw them not. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld the heavens open again. And I saw angels descending upon the children of men, and they did minister unto them. 
And they spake unto me again, saying, Look, and I looked, and I beheld the Lamb of God going forth among the children of men. And I beheld multitudes of people who were sick and who were afflicted with all manner of diseases, and with devils and unclean spirits, and the angel spake and showed all of these things unto me. And they were healed by the power of the Lamb of God, and the devils and unclean spirits were cast out. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look, and I looked and beheld the Lamb of God, that he was taken by the people. Yea, the Son of the everlasting God was judged of the world, and I saw and bear record. And I, Nephi saw that he was lifted up upon the cross and slain for the sins of the world. And after he was slain, I saw the multitudes of the earth gather together to fight against the apostles of the Lamb, for thus were the twelve called by the angel of the Lord. And Second Nephi 31. Verses 2 through 12. Wherefore the things which I have written sufficeth me, save it be a few words which I must speak concerning the doctrine of Christ. Wherefore I shall speak unto you plainly according to the plainness of my prophesying. For my soul delighteth in plainness. For after this manner doth the Lord God work among the children of men. For the Lord God giveth light unto the understanding. For he speaketh unto men according to their language, unto their understanding. Wherefore, I would that ye should remember that I have spoken unto you concerning that prophet that should baptize the Lamb of God, which should take away the sins of the world. And now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh, then how much more need have we being unholy to be baptized, yea, even by water. And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water. Know ye not that he was holy? But notwithstanding he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh he humbleth himself before Father, and witnesseth unto the Father that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments. Wherefore, after he was baptized with water, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. And again it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, having set the example before them. And he said unto the children of men, Follow thou me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, can we follow Jesus, save we shall be willing to keep the commandments of the Father? And the Father said, Repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my beloved Son. And also the voice of the Son came unto me, saying, He that is baptized in my name, to him will the Father give the Holy Ghost, like unto me. Wherefore, follow me and do the things which ye have seen me do. And Alma 7. Verses 7 through 16. For behold, I say unto you, there be many things to come. And behold, there is one thing which is more important than they all. For behold, the time is not far distant, that the Redeemer liveth and cometh among his people. Behold, I do not say that he will come among us at this time of his dwelling in his mortal tabernacle. For behold, the Spirit hath not said unto me that this should be the case. <laughs> now as to this thing I do not know, but this much I do know, 
that the Lord God hath power to do all things which are according to his word. But behold, the Spirit hath said this much unto me, saying, Cry unto this people, saying, Repent ye, and prepare the way of the Lord. And walk in his paths which are straight, for behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the Son of God cometh upon the face of the earth. And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers, she being a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, and bring forth a son, yea, even the Son of God. And he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this that the word might be fulfilled, which saith he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things, nevertheless the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. And now I say unto you, you must repent and be born again or receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. For the Spirit saith, if ye are not born again, or if you do not receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, ye cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore come and be baptized unto repentance, that ye may be washed from your sins, that ye may have faith on the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, who is mighty to save, and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Yea, say unto you, come and fear not, and lay aside every sin which doth so easily beset you which doth bind you down to destruction, yea, cometh. Yea, come and go forth and show unto your God that ye are willing to repent of your sins and enter into a covenant with him to keep his commandments and witness it unto him this day by going down into the waters of baptism. And whosoever doeth this and keepeth the commandments of God from thenceforth the same will remember that I say unto him, Yea, he remembered that I have said unto him, he shall have eternal life according to the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which testifieth in me. And 2 Nephi 25. Verses 12 through 15. But behold... They shall have wars and rumors of wars. And when the day cometh that the holy, that the only begotten of the Father, yea, even the Father of heaven and earth shall manifest himself unto them in the flesh, behold, they will reject him because of their iniquities and the hardness of their hearts and the stiffness of their necks. Behold, they will crucify him and after he is laid in a sepulcher for the space of three days. He shall rise from the dead with healing in his wings. And all those who shall believe on his name shall be saved in the kingdom of God. Now it's important to understand what it believes to believe in his name. And Christ tells us what it means to believe in his name in 3 Nephi chapter 9. 
Third Nephi chapter 9, verse 17, And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God, even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. So believing on his name means the same thing as to receive him. And when we receive him and believe on his name, then we become his sons and his daughters. Or in other words, verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So receiving Christ or believing on his name means to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is the new and everlasting covenant. And this is our oath within, within the new and everlasting covenant even a broken heart and contrite spirit. And God's oath back to us, which fulfills the covenant. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. So back to 2 Nephi 25. Verse 13. He shall rise from the dead with healing in his wings. And all those who shall believe on his name or offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit shall receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and be saved in the kingdom of God. Wherefore, my soul delighteth to prophesy concerning him. For I have seen his day and my heart doth magnify his holy name. So in this instance, being saved in the kingdom of God means that they will qualify to come forth during the millennium. And behold, it shall come to pass that after the Messiah hath risen from the dead and hath manifest himself unto his people, unto as many as will believe on his name, unto as many as will offer up the sacrifice of a broken and contrite spirit and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Behold, Jerusalem shall be destroyed again. And this happened in AD 70. It is one of the abomination of desolations prophesied of. And in AD 70, um, Titus, the general, destroyed Jerusalem, and it said that blood ran up to the horse's neck. But on the eve of destruction, faithful Christians were delivered and spared the slaughter. And as Christ prophesied of this abomination of desolation, in Matthew 24, so also he prophesied of an end-time abomination of desolation that would begin among the Latter-day Saints and would extend from the Latter-day Saints to the rest of the world. For woe unto them that fight against God and the people of his church. Wherefore the Jews shall be scattered among all nations, and also Babylon shall be destroyed. Wherefore, the, joy, the Jews shall be scattered by other nations. So this is after the resurrection and after the abomination of desolation. Those who were not slain would be scattered and would remain in the scattered state. 
until in the end times they would again be gathered. So back to Jacob 5. And again, verse 16. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and also the servant went down into the vineyard to labor. And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, Behold, look here and behold the tree. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard looked and beheld the tree in the which the wild olive branches had been grafted. And it had sprung forth and began to bear fruit. So, as a result of Christ's mortal ministry and the calling of the apostles who went forth to proclaim the gospel, there were many who received the fullness of the gospel and entered into and kept covenant with their God. And it had sprung forth and began to bear fruit. And he beheld that it was good, and the fruit thereof was like unto the natural fruit, and he said unto the servant, Behold, the branches of the wild tree have taken hold of the moisture of the root thereof, and that the root thereof hath brought forth much strength. Because of the much strength of the root thereof, the wild branches have brought forth tame fruit. Now, if we had not grafted in these branches, the tree thereof would have perished. Now, behold, I shall lay up much fruit, which the tree thereof hath brought forth. And the fruit thereof I shall lay up against the season unto mine own self. Now, in Scripture, we have many allegories and parables and metaphors of bringing forth good fruit. And in almost every single one of them, to bring forth good fruit means to enter into and keep the new and everlasting covenant that one might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost that endowment of power whereby one becomes a son or daughter of Christ. And it means the same in this parable. Verse 19. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go to the nethermost part of the vineyard. And behold, if the natural branches of the tree have not brought forth much fruit, and also that I may lay up the fruit thereof against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that they went forth whither the master had hid the natural branches of the tree. And he said unto the servant, Behold these. And he beheld the first that it brought forth much fruit, and he beheld also that it was good. And he said unto the servant, Take of the fruit thereof, and lay it up on against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. For behold, he said, This long time have I nourished it, and it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, How comest thou hither to plant this tree, or this branch of the tree? For behold, it was the poorest spot in all the land of thy vineyard. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto him, Counsel me not. I knew that it was a poor spot of ground. Wherefore I said unto thee, I have nourished it this long time, and thou beholdest that it hath brought forth much fruit. 
And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Look hither, and behold, I have planted another branch of the tree also. And thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first. But behold, the tree I have nourished it this long time, and it hath brought forth much fruit. Therefore gather it and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard again said to his servant, Look hither, and behold another branch also which I have planted. Behold, I have nourished it also, and it hath brought forth fruit. And he said unto the servant, Look hither, and behold the last. Behold, this have I planted in a good spot of ground. And I have nourished it this long time, and only a part of the tree hath brought forth tame fruit, and the other part of the tree hath brought forth wild fruit. Behold, I have nourished this tree like unto the others. Let's cross-reference, Ether chapter 2. Regarding those natural branches that were transplanted to a good spot of ground. The last part of verse 7. A land of promise, which was choice above all other lands, which the Lord God had preserved for righteous people. And he had sworn in his wrath unto the brother of Jared that whoso should possess this land of promise from that time henceforth and forever should serve him, the true and only God, for they should, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. And now we can behold the decrees of God concerning this land, that it is a land of promise, and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall serve God or they shall be swept off when the fullness of his wrath shall come upon them. And the fullness of his wrath cometh upon them when they are ripened in iniquity. For behold, this is a land which is choice above all other lands. Wherefore, he that doth possess it shall serve God or shall be swept off. For it is the everlasting decree of God, and it shall not. And it is not until the fullness of of iniquity among the children of the land that they are swept off. And this cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, or O you members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the last days, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness come, that ye may not bring it down, that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done. Now, what is Moroni talking about? That the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have need to repent of their iniquities. That the fullness of the wrath of God may not be brought down upon us. Let's go to Ether chapter 8. Verse 20, and now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths, the secret combinations. 
For it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and they are had among the Lamanites. And they have caused the destruction of this people, of whom I am now speaking, and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations, to get power and gain until they shall spread over all the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avenge them not. So, addressing in verse 22 the Gentile nation, and the warning to the Gentile nation that we should not let these secret combinations get above us and among us in political and other power. And then Moroni narrows the definition to talking about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, no longer the Gentile nation, but the Gentile people. And no longer talking about these secret combinations getting above you in political power, but getting above you in religious um, office. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, verse 23, Wherefore, O you members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins, and suffer not that these murderous combinations shall get above you, parenthetically speaking, into church office, which are built up to get power and gain, and the work, yea, even the work of destruction come upon you, yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God, which shall fall upon you to your overthrow and your destruction, Latter-day Saints, if ye shall suffer these things to be. Wherefore the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you. So first Moroni says, O Latter-day Saints, do not allow it to happen. And then he says, says in verse 24, but when it does. Not if, but when. But when it does, Latter-day Saints. When ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of the secret combination which shall be among you, Latter-day Saints. For woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain. For they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it and also upon those who built it up. For it cometh, for it cometh to path that whosoever buildeth it up seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries. And it belongeth and it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people. For it is built up by the devil, who is the father of all lies, even that same liar who beguiled our first parents, yea, even that same liar who hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning, who hath hardened the hearts of men that they have murdered the prophets, and stoned them and cast them out from among them from the beginning. Wherefore I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things, that evil may be done away, that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come unto the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. Four in DNC 112. Barely. 
in verse 23, verily, verily, I say unto you that darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness the minds of the people and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house, or upon the Latter-day Saints, it shall begin. And from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house. The midst of my house, meaning the Latter-day Saints. Blaspheming against God in the midst of his house means to be among the Latter-day Saints, to proclaim that one has power and authority to speak and act in the name of God, knowing full well that one does not. So back to Ether chapter 2. Verse 11, and this cometh unto you, O you Latter-day Saint Gentiles, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities. The iniquities being that we have allowed secret combinations to come among us to take over the top leader posi leadership positions of the church and we receive their pronouncements as if they were from God himself. That ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done. And behold, this is a choice land and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall be free from bondage and from captivity and from all other nations under heaven, if they will but serve the God of the land, not according to our own imagination, but unto the covenants that the Lord extends to us, which are made known unto us by the prophets in the record of the Book of Mormon. If they will but serve God, the God of the land, who is Jesus Christ, who hath been manifest by the things which we have written. For the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the doctrine of Christ. And it is the only way to come unto him. And 3 Nephi 15. Verses 11 through 24. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he said unto those 12 whom he had chosen, ye are my disciples and ye are a light unto this people who are a remnant of the house of Joseph, Manasseh. Behold, this is the land of your inheritance and the father hath given it unto you. And not at any time hath the Father given me commandment that I should tell it unto your brethren at Jerusalem. Neither at any time hath the Father given me commandment that I should tell 
unto them concerning the other tribes of the house of Israel, whom the Father hath led out of the land. This much did the Father command me that I should tell unto them, that other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice and shall, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And now because of the stiff neckedness and unbelief, they understood not my word. Wherefore I was commanded to say no more of the father concerning this thing unto them. But verily I say unto you that the father hath commanded me that I tell it unto you that ye were separated from among them because of their iniquity. For it is because of their iniquity that they know not of you. And verily I say unto you again that the other tribes hath the Father separated from them, and it is because of their iniquity that they know them not of them. And verily I say unto you that ye are they of whom I said other sheep I have which are not of this fold. And them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd." And they understood me not, for they supposed that it had been the Gentiles. For they understood not that the Gentiles should be converted through their preaching. And they understood me not that I said that they shall hear my voice. And they understood me not that the Gentiles should not at any time hear my voice, that I should not manifest myself unto them, save it were by the Holy Ghost. But behold, ye have both heard my voice and seen me. And ye are my sheep and are numbered among those whom the Father hath given me. And verse 20 again, and verily I say unto you again, that other tribes hath the Father separated from them, and it is because of their iniquity that they know not of them. So these verses that we've been reading in Jacob 5, verses 17 through 28, refer to branches of the house of Israel, which were broken off and distributed throughout the earth, which the Nephites were only one of these branches and the Mulekites. And others of these branches were the lost 10 tribes who were carried off by the Assyrians into what were called the Northern countries. And also the carrying off of the Jews by the Babylonians and, you know, the separation of the prophet Jeremiah with part of the Rechbite priests and two of the Tatars of King Zedekiah, who went up into the northern countries and settled in Ireland and western England. All of these branches were visited by Christ after his resurrection. First to the Nephites and then to the rest of the branches that were broken off. And we don't yet know the whereabouts of all of these other branches that were broken off and planted throughout the world, but all of them were visited by Jesus Christ himself. Um, the Gentiles were not visited by Christ at that time, but their conversion would have to come by those who had witnessed Jesus Christ. And 3 Nephi chapter 11. 
Verse 1, And now it came to pass that there were a great multitude gathered together of the people of Nephi, round about the temple which was in the land bountiful. And they were marveling and wondering one with another, and were showing one to another the great and marvelous change which had taken place. And they were also conversing about this Jesus Christ of whom the sign had been given concerning his death. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven. And they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it did pierce them that did hear to the center. Insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake, it did pierce them that did, did hear to the soul, and it caused their hearts to burn. And it came to pass that again they heard the voice, and they understood it not. And again, the third time they did hear the voice and did open their ears to hear it, and their eyes were toward the sound thereof, and they did look steadfastly toward heaven, toward the heaven from whence the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard, and it said unto them, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. And it came to pass that as they understood, they cast their eyes up again toward heaven. And behold, they saw a man descending out of heaven, and he was clothed in a white robe. And he came down and stood in the midst of them, and the eyes of the whole multitude were turned upon him, and they durst not open their mouths, even one to another, and wist not what it meant. For they thought that it was an angel that had appeared unto them. And it came to pass that he stretched forth his hand and spake unto them the people, saying, Behold, I am Jesus Christ whom the prophets testified shall come into the world. And behold, I am the light and the life of the world. And I have drunk out of that bitter cup which the Father hath given me, and have glorified the Father in taking upon me the sins of the world, in the which I have suffered the will of the Father in all things from the beginning. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, the whole multitude fell to the earth, for they had remembered that it had been prophesied among them that Christ should show himself unto them after his ascension into heaven. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto them, saying, Arise and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet. That ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth, and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side, and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one, until they had all gone forth. And did see with their eyes, and did feel with their hands, and did know of a surety. And did bear record that it was he, of whom it was written by the prophets should come. And when they had all gone forth and had witnessed for themselves, they did cry with one accord, saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And they did fall down at the feet of Jesus and did worship him. It came to pass that he spake unto Nephi, for Nephi was among the multitude. And he commanded him that he should come forth. And Nephi rose and went forth and bowed himself before the Lord and did kiss his feet. And the Lord commanded him that he should arise and he arose and stood before him. And the Lord said unto him, I give unto you power that ye shall baptize this people when I am again ascended into heaven. In chapter 12, verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words unto Nephi and to those whom he had called, now the number of them who had been called and received power and authority to baptize was twelve. 
And behold, he stretched forth his hand unto the multitude, and he cried unto them, saying, Blessed are ye, if ye shall give heed unto the words of these twelve, whom I have chosen from among you to minister unto you, and to be your servants, and unto them I give power, that they may baptize you with water. And after that ye are baptized with water, behold, I will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Therefore, blessed are ye, if ye shall believe in me and be baptized after that ye have seen me and know that I am. And again, more blessed are they who shall believe in your words, because that ye shall testify that ye have seen me, that ye know that I am. Yea, blessed are they who shall believe in your words and come down into the depths of humility and be baptized. For they shall be visited with fire and with the Holy Ghost and shall receive a remission of their sins. So, going back to Jacob 5. Verse 15. And it came to pass that a long time passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor in the vineyard. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and also the servant went down into the vineyard to labor. And it came to pass that this servant said unto the master, Behold, look here, behold the tree. Okay, this is Christ in his mortal ministry. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard looked and beheld the tree in the which the wild olive branches had been grafted. And it had sprung forth and began to bear fruit. And he beheld that it was good and the fruit thereof was like unto the natural fruit. And he said unto the servant, Behold, the branches of the wild tree have taken hold of the moisture of the root thereof, and the root thereof hath brought forth much strength, and because of the much strength of the root thereof of the wild branches have brought forth tame fruit. This is the result of the mortal ministry of Jesus Christ and the mission of the apostles. Now, if we had not grafted in these branches, the tree thereof would have perished. Now, behold, I shall lay up much fruit, which the tree thereof hath brought forth, and the fruit thereof I shall lay up against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go to the nethermost part of the vineyard, and behold, if the natural branches of the tree have not brought forth much fruit also that I may lay up the fruit thereof against the season unto mine own self. So after his resurrection, Jesus Christ personally visits all of the branches of Israel who were broken off and planted throughout the earth who qualified for him to come and visit them. Only one of these groups was the Nephites. And it came to pass that they went forth whither the master had hid the natural branches of the tree. He said unto the servant, Behold these, and behold the first, that it had brought forth much fruit. And he beheld also that it was good. And he said unto the servant, and this would include the lost ten tribes of Israel, Take of the fruit thereof, and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. 
For behold, he said he, this long time have I nourished it, and it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, How comest thou hither to plant this tree, or this branch of the tree? For behold, it was the poorest spot in all the land of thy vineyard. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto him, Counsel me not. For I knew that it was a poor spot of ground, wherefore I said unto thee that I have nourished it this long time, and thou beholdest that it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Look hither, and behold, I have planted another branch of the tree also, and thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first, but behold the tree. I have nourished it this long time, and it had brought forth much fruit. Therefore gather it and lay it up against the season, and that I may preserve it unto mine own self. It came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard again said to his servant, Look in hither. And behold, another branch also which I have planted, behold, that I have nourished it also, and it hath brought forth much fruit. And he said unto the servant, Look hither, and behold the last. Behold, this have I planted in a good spot of ground, North America. And I have nourished it this long time, and only part of the tree hath brought forth tame fruit, the Nephites. And the other part of the tree hath brought forth wild fruit, the Lamanites. <clears throat> Behold, I have nourished this tree like unto the others. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Pluck off the branches that I have not brought that have not brought forth good fruit, and cast them into the fire. But behold, the servant said unto him, Let us prune it and dig about it and nourish it a little longer, that perhaps it might bring forth good fruit unto thee, that thou canst lay up against the season. It came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and the servant of the Lord of the vineyard did nourish all the fruit of the vineyard. We will pause at Jacob 5, verse 28. Next week, we will start in Jacob 5, 29, which will include the restoration of the gospel, both in Joseph Smith's first and second ministries. And it will take us from the restoration of the gospel in his first ministry uh, through the apostasy of the Latter-day Saints after the first restoration to the second restoration and from the second restoration to the gathering out of Israel and the return of Jesus Christ in his glory and at the end of the millennium when Satan is loosed, the battle of Gog and Magog. And it is my testimony that Jesus Christ is in fact our Lord and Savior, that, you know, we are the Gentiles, that it was prophesied would have the gospel restored to them for the last time in the last days. And if we would receive it and hearken unto all the words that God would give unto us, we would be we would play a part in the establishment of Zion and the gathering of Israel in preparation for Christ returning in his glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.